0: Guys, it's Rami. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Score North Live, available on Apple, Spotify, at the Score North mobile app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you only have time to listen to one segment from today's show, here it is right now. Vikings fall to the Chiefs yesterday 26 to 23, and you came in, and I don't know if you heard the first hour, and that's why you came in talking about this, but essentially talking about what Mackie and I were talking about in the first hour during the break here, which is that uh, Kirk Cousins couldn't, Overcome yesterday, a a lot of things that were working against not just him, but the Vikings in general. He just wasn't. And in my view, generally isn't good enough and capable enough. And this is not a knock on him. I, I just I know who he is at
1: this point he can't overcome all the things that there were to overcome yesterday he ain't that dude yeah i guess i have trouble seeing how that isn't a huge knock on him because <laughs> there, well because there were things that didn't go his way for sure adam Thielen gets hurt right away and the offensive line did not play very well especially up the middle with garrett bradbury and pat Alfline, and there were penalties and you know the defense did not play shut down football as you might've expected from a Mike Zimmer defense in the past. But I also look at it as you have the right as a quarterback to overcome some of this stuff. And if you're going to take a team anywhere and you're going to be considered a top 15 quarterback and you're going to get paid what Kirk cousins is paid, then you should be able to overcome these things on a fairly regular basis. And if you're not, then you're a backup or you're a Matt Moore or you're somewhere in that ballpark. And what, I have trouble with is like, where do we really put Kirk cousins? Because we always try to rank them and we say, well, here's number one, it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And here's number two, it's drew Brees But then when we get into that middle area, I think it's not so much. Are you 12th or 14th or 16th? It's, can you actually win football games for your team? And Teddy Bridgewater's name always comes up because it's a great counter example to Kirk Cousins. It's a guy who doesn't always have the greatest stats but always seems to find a way to win. And yeah, this year with the Saints, he has a pretty good team. Kirk Cousins has a pretty good team. He's a pre- really good team. He's got one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL. He's got one of the top receivers in the NFL. He's got two good tight ends, not just one. He has a emerging wide receiver in BC Johnson. He has two tackles that are actually pretty good pretty capable and have done a pretty good job so far this year. And people are acting like the offensive line is got TJ Clemmings and Matt Khalil there. Well, it's been protecting cousins quite a bit better pro football focus through eight weeks, had them as the 11th best offensive line. That doesn't mean they had a good day yesterday, but it's not a situation where you can look at the O-line and be like, it's all them. It's all them. It's Teddy Bridgewater consistently when he was a Viking. And then when he was a saint, did the things that led to winning as a middling quarterback. And when you talk about guys who won Super Bowls, you don't always have to go that far, like someone like Eli Manning. In his prime, Eli Manning was probably still only 10th to 15th right. best quarterback, yeah. but he did the things that related to winning. Late in a game, he could lead a drive to win. He would be aggressive at big times, big games, unlike what Kirk Cousins was yesterday where he was so far off that Kevin Stefanski basically had to say, all right, what screen passes do we have to run for Kirk Cousins to get some yards here because he's inaccurate and he's overthrowing guys and stuff like that and and we see that far too often. We see him get rattled. We see him get shaken. We see him get anxious and nervous and go through his progressions too fast and end up checking down to CJ Ham instead of throwing to a wide open Diggs on one play, or a wide opener Irv Smith on one play. Like these are the things that's that That's one are... thing
0: I wanted to ask you because you don't see this when you're watching on TV. Oh yeah, you don't, right. We only saw four targets to Stefan yeah. Diggs. Was yeah. was and we don't know if that's by design or if Kirk Cousins read the field and said that's not the guy to throw it to on this play. For whatever reason, there's a lot of reasons why a quarterback can choose who to throw to and who not to throw to. Was he open? Was he open more often than than we would know? And was Kirk Cousins just missing an open, Stefan Diggs, from your view in the press box? Well,
1: there, there, yeah, there were opportunities. I mean, there's the deep shot that's overthrown, which right. I would say, hey, that, that happens. He right. that's, I wouldn't even put that in the category of Kirk Cousins didn't play well because you sometimes miss deep shots. Every quarterback misses man. deep shots. Right, yeah. That there, it's like a 40% play for a really good quarterback going that far down the field. But as far as the rest of the game, there was one point where Stephon Diggs was so wide open where he... I think I saw you tweet about this. I did, because he looked up at the sky and threw his arms up like toward the sky as if to say, God, why did you leave me so wide open and not get me the football? Because it would have been a touchdown. (laughs) He was that wide open. But Cousins... Uh, Copped to this yesterday, and he mentioned it again in Chicago, where when you hear him say, went through my progressions too quick, that means I was rattled. I missed, guys. I was rattled. And the issue with the offensive line not playing well is every time it doesn't play well, he gets rattled, and he does this. And a major reason why is because... He just isn't an athlete. So Deshaun Watson's offensive line is not very good this year, and he has no problem overcoming that. Russell Wilson in the past has had very poor offensive lines and had no problem overcoming it because these guys are great athletes. And I guess you could say, well, you can't expect him to be a great athlete. Right, but in today's NFL, where the offensive line and defensive line, there has never been a bigger gap between great defensive lines and great offensive lines, if you don't have an athlete there, he better do everything else really, really great, or you're going to be in tough. It's going to ruin your game plan a lot of times, and yesterday, that was largely what happened when Kansas City's defensive line played well. But I think the fundamental point here is, with Kirk Cousins, you can look at the win-loss record, and you can look at the win-loss record against good teams, and you can point to things that Explain it. It's not just a small sample size. It's been going on for years. It's not just, well, QB wins don't matter. Like, well, okay, but when you take the record and you take the results in a lot of these big games and then you start to pick it apart and say, why is it? Well, not being able to convert on third and long is one of the fundamental things that excellent quarterbacks do. If you search right now, and I've done this, since, say, 2016, who are the best third and long quarterbacks, you know who's going to come up? It's going to be Rodgers, it's going to be Brady, Brady, it's going to be Roethlisberger, it's going to be Mahomes, and you're going to find Kirk Cousins somewhere in the ballpark of Andy Dalton, probably, and Derek Carr, and guys who we consider to be meh and average quarterbacks, and when you combine, while that, you're
0: saying this, I just watched Deshaun Watson I know, do something I, I amazing. I just looked up there and was like, ah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that, the one eyed touchdown from last week was that's one of the great places. But that's that. I mean, that is the point. We are now in an NFL where the top quarterbacks are. Great athletes who can overcome shortcomings on an offensive line, and the Minnesota Vikings don't have that. But this is my
0: point exactly, is that we should know by now that Kirk Cousins isn't the guy who overcomes shortcomings elsewhere on the roster. And I've been saying this about Kirk Cousins since I got to Minnesota. When the conversation of Kirk Cousins and the signing him and how smart or not smart that acquisition was, I say... They thought they were adding Kirk Cousins to a Super Bowl caliber defense, to a top five, if not top three, if not number one defense in the NFL. That They thought they were complementing that with a slight upgrade at quarterback. And I thought that there was better than what you got from Kirk Cousins last year, but only marginally better than what you got from Kirk Cousins last year. And you would get that by putting him in a system that fits him, by putting behind an improved offensive line, by having a healthy and dynamic Dalvin Cook behind him, by having weapons on the outside and guys like Diggs and Thielen but ultimately, Kirk Cousins isn't good enough a quarterback for you to go out and give up 425 yards and 29 points to a Patrick mahomes offense. And I know that's Andy Reid over there. And I said coming into this week, Andy Reid presents plenty of challenge for this defense. But his counterpart, Mike Zimmer, is a, sort of supposed to be the Andy Reid of defenses for him to get outcoached and out-chess-matched the way that he was yesterday by a guy who didn't have his MVP quarterback, the performance of the defense yesterday was the most concerning thing to me if I'm a Vikings fan.
1: See, I look at this, and I would agree with you in part because I wrote my post-game column about you can't call this the top defense anymore, and you can't rely on the defense to bail you out anymore because that's just not where we're at. But I think that these are two kind of very different conversations. When you mention those numbers And I I look at Kirk Cousins and you have to look at what he's paid and you have to look at that because it's a salary cap league. And if you compare that to what you might get with someone else in these same circumstances, for way less, and how much different that would be if you took Matt Moore and put him in a quarterback for a hundred, uh, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars and were given 27 more million to spend. How good would the offensive line be? How good would the cornerbacks be? How good would the three technique position that cannot get anywhere near a quarterback anymore but did just fine with Sheldon Richardson last year? Like, you would be able to beef up the roster much more. So, it absolutely matters what he's paid in comparison to this. But the issue I have is is how it's always this moving goalpost with Cousins to make it not his fault. Well, this wasn't perfect. That wasn't perfect. This wasn't perfect. That wasn't perfect. Well, I would love to find the team that has the perfect situation. I believe it would be the 1988 49ers. (laughs) If they show up here and there's no more uh, salary cap and you could just keep guys for the entire lengths of their careers and you can get Jerry Rice and Taylor and Roger Craig and Tom Rathman, then maybe this will be fine. But I don't know of a team in the NFL who has this, or how that would ever be possible with a salary cap? Even the backup quarterback on that team was a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Steve Young. Yes, that's right. Uh, the, I don't believe Sean Mannion is the next Steve Young. My point is just that if your argument is, well, it has to be perfect, then my argument would be, then don't sign him because it will never be perfect. And that's, I think, that's ultimately what what it comes down to. I don't think,
0: I don't think you. S- you signed Kirk Cousins to be an upgrade at quarterback where you thought that's all you needed to win a Super Bowl because your defense was that good. That that's why you signed him and that was the the price that the market determined, an upgrade at quarterback in that particular offseason. At that point in the Vikings franchise where they just went to the NFC Championship game had the number 1 defense in points and yards, the price, the cost to upgrade at quarterback at that particular moment in time, was what they paid Kirk Cousins. That's what it was going to cost. And I think that's what they had in mind when they signed him. Not a guy who can overcome every phase of your team failing on Sunday. I mean, overcoming every
1: phase. This man has two of the best no, no, wide I'm receivers talking, I'm in I'm the talking, NFL. I'm talking
0: about yesterday's game in particular. He lost his offensive lineman. He wasn't getting a lot of help from his play caller. Or, I'm sorry, he lost his best wide receiver, wasn't getting a lot of help from his play caller. His offensive line was terrible. His defense gave up 425 yards. His dynamic running back literally didn't get one yard before contact because the offensive line was that bad. If you were signing Kirk Cousins to be the guy to overcome all that on a particular Sunday or on any given Sunday... You got the wrong but guy. I think Rummy. you
1: bought you got Kirk Cousins to beat Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game because Case Keenum was not good enough to go toe-to-toe with a very good team. And what we've seen from Kirk Cousins throughout his entire career, and especially his career in Minnesota, is he is also not capable of going toe-to-toe with a very good team. When you play Andy Reid and you play Tyreek Hill and you play uh, uh, an offense that's full of playmakers and you're going to ask the defense to not give up any yards because your quarterback can't overcome anything. No, they gave up well, 425
0: hard. yards and 29 points. They gave points. 26
1: points in the NFL in 2019 and you can't beat that? With your twenty eight million dollar quarterback when sorry, you so have when you have two drives at the end of the game with the ball, with a chance to go win, that's, that's you're saying thing. you're saying that he's just facing way too much to possibly overcome it. That's why you got him. You got him so he could beat good teams. If you had a so quarterback that couldn't beat good, good teams, you should have kept Case Keenum. You got because you would have got
0: the same results. You got him so he could beat good teams when your all world defense was playing at an all world level.
1: That's not but, true at all. You got him so if your defense wasn't perfect you could beat that defense with a better quarterback. Mike Zimmer even said this when they signed him, is that they had a guy that if things weren't going everything right, that he could raise the level of play of the offense well, because they, were they didn't mis- believe then, Case Keenum could. Then they were misguided. That's exactly right. He's not right. that dude. That's exactly right. They yeah, were misguided. He is he is not, the they, that
0: and I don't think I'm giving Kirk Cousins a free pass when I say that. I also don't think I'm being particularly nice to him. I think I'm just being realistic and telling you he ain't
1: that dude, so Stop expecting that from him. And so, if you're going to say he ain't that dude, then the next obvious thing is then why did you pay him? If he ain't that dude, then you could have had Matt Moore starting for you and you would (laughs) have won the same games that you won. Matt Moore is a 500 quarterback when playing under good circumstances. He can beat the Minnesota Vikings. He costs a million bucks. Yeah. You're paying 28 million for your guy who isn't any better. For all the things that went wrong, that went. I guess, not in Kirk Cousins' favor yesterday, they still had a chance to win the game. And, and the, they still had a chance to win the game. If you were expecting against good NFL teams to have everything go in your favor, and that's the only way your quarterback can win then this is not a franchise quarterback. This is not someone you pay this much money for. I think he that's can, the, think he can
0: overcome some things going against his team in a game. But yesterday, literally... I'm every, not sure when that's ever happened. Everything though. went against them yesterday. No, it that did, not. That had nothing everything. to do with Kirk no, Cousins. No, everything
1: did not go against did They sacked Matt Moore five times... They had plenty of chances with the ball. To say everything went against them, they had two chances to win the game with two drives I'm saying every, where a good quarterback okay, they, goes and wins the There game. were
0: moments in the game that didn't go against them. Every phase of the Vikings yesterday struggled you know, and okay. didn't deliver. Let me say this, And if though. you expected Kirk Cousins to overcome that, you're misguided. I absolutely
1: expect I my don't. 28 million dollar quarterback to have two shots to win the game, to get in field goal position, not even score a touchdown. I'm saying if you to get in field goal position to be able to do that.
0: I'm saying if you're if you're judging him and your expectations for him based on what we've seen and not the price tag, not his contract, you shouldn't have expected him to
1: overcome all that. Oh, I mean, this is a different conversation then because I don't. Okay, like and I never right, then did. Then we're on the same page. I never did. In a sense I mean, we're on the same page. I, then. I'm looking at it from the team type of perspective and the like. But the bigger picture, I never did. I wrote that this wasn't a quarterback who was worth it. I remember that. I know that Phil brought this up, but mentioned Lamar Jackson as someone to draft and sit for a year. And I thought that there were plenty of better options for a filler quarterback until you could draft another one in the first round than putting all your eggs in the basket of a guy who had... Great circumstances. Anytime someone ever says that he didn't have anything right in Washington, he had Sean McVay. He had a top offensive. Oh line. yeah, no, he, he had, had a lot of things receiver. working in and, his and favor. And you know in what? It was. It was the same story. It was the same. Well, his offensive line. Well, his this. Well, his that. And it's like, well, then he's just not a true franchise quarterback. And if that's what you're saying about my personal expectations were for exactly what to happen yesterday is to happen under Kirk Cousins. My point is just that. You can also criticize him and say, y- you know, you're supposed to be a franchise quarterback and they brought you here and they've given you plenty of opportunities to win these games and you don't do it ever. And at some point, you just kind of throw up your hands. Like, I can't believe that this is so consistent. And I also think, like, at some point, we'll get to the year, like, 2035 and Kirk Cousins will be <laughs> playing for the, you know, Mars Moonwalkers and someone will be like, his <laughs> left guard Mars wasn't good yesterday. you have a Mars team by 2035? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why not. That escalated quickly.
0: Good God. I mean, they're working well, on just he has getting, to still be alive. They're working on just getting a game in China. You yeah, got him in Mars right. in sixteen years. Good
1: lord. And I know the other the other side of this too is people will look at Rick Spielman and and I do too and say, Well, it's on it's not Kirk's fault that the Vikings gave him eighty four million dollars guaranteed. But Kirk also went into this that, that off that offseason thinking that he was worth it. And, yeah, was, and and had this and had this chip on his shoulder because the Washington football team had what was it two years in a row? Where they they yeah the franchise team two years and around, he yeah. was bitter and salty about that and he thought he should get a long term deal so like he Kirk's got to wear some of this too sure yeah he he takes some of the blame for yesterday's game well, absolutely if, but if your point Rami is that they should have known that Kirk was always going to be Kirk and you can't win against the good team without everything going perfect then you're then you're right. They should have. I mean, it was right there on tape. It was right there in the numbers. It was right there in the commentary from people who played with him. I mean, when they went 7-9 in 2017, his head coach, Jay Gruden, said, our record is a product of our quarterback play. I mean, it was about the worst indictment you could have of an NFL quarterback from his head coach. And that's the guy that you spent this much money on. And I just... Can't ever seem to make the formula work where you get a perfect defensive performance against a really good team, a legit Super Bowl contending team in their house with a Hall of Fame level coach. Like, did you expect to win thirty to three? Like that, I didn't. I expected that team to also be good at football, and they were. And you had opportunities to win and didn't. So there's a little bit of yesterday, specifically there were other things that went wrong that you could point to. So if it's in the micro, there's plenty of things to talk about. The yes. penalties in And key I want to spots. get into some of that with you. Absolutely. And yeah. the defense for sure, which I wrote about at scorenorth.com, free website. And all these things for yesterday. But what it quickly becomes is the bigger picture. And, and what we're all asking with Kirk Cousins is, will this have been worth it when we all go home at the end of the day of this contract? And if you don't win a Super Bowl, the answer is no. Yeah, and and right now, I mean, you're not anywhere close. No, you're not. And again, I don't know what the Vikings expected.
0: I don't know what the the price tag made the expectations for Vikings fans. I just know when I saw that signing, I thought that's a team that wants to upgrade a quarterback. They know they're not they should know they're not getting that dude. They should know they're not getting an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady franchise level quarterback despite the price tag. They're looking to upgrade at quarterback in a win-now window because of how good their defense is, and that was the price of an upgrade. That's simple. That's how I looked at that signing when they made it.
1: I understood entirely why they made it, but what they did was they evaluated their entire situation based off going to the NFC Championship the year before, and I think... It, they earned it. It was a great season and everything else. Pat Schirmer did a great job, but there was a lot of fool's gold in that season yep. that they overlooked to sign Kirk Cousins and look at him as the final piece, and there were a lot of things in Kirk Cousins' past performances that they had to overlook in order to sign him and say, this guy is definitely the final piece. But they signed him, and this is where Kirk does have to wear it, Manny, is they signed him to have a good team around you, Mm -hmm. to win games like yesterday where your defense isn't perfect because it is 2019 and your defense is not going to be perfect all the time. And he has not done that. And from that perspective, that's why even though you're 6-3 and and even though he does have a winning record with this team, it's still looked at as not enough in the Kirk Cousins era because they have given him almost everything that you can give someone and it's still not enough.